This is Courage Cast. Faith, inspiration, and motivation for today. Well, hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Courage Cast. It's the beginning of a new week. We just came out of Father's Day. Chrissy and I and the kids are all in the car. We are driving through gorgeous Montana, western Montana. We're about to get into, actually, not Montana, we're in Wyoming right now. We're western Wyoming. We're about to get into Montana. And it is absolutely beautiful. We're going around Yellowstone National Park. Uh, We're going to get there in a week. But right now we're headed up to Glacier National Park and uh, in upper Montana. I am so excited. Uh, This is day two of our family vacation. What do you say? And we're going to give it up now. I'm going to give this phone over to Chrissy my beautiful wife who I've been excited and wanting to have on the podcast for a while. And we're going to talk about a book that we've both been reading called He Loves Me. And it's very appropriate that we talk about this because we're just coming out of Father's Day. Yesterday was Father's Day. And there is nothing better than celebrating our Heavenly Father on Father's Day and coming out of that. I think we've both come into a new revelation, haven't we, Chrissy, about um, our Heavenly Father and and how much He loves us. So I'm going to hand the phone over to you, babe, and let you talk a little bit. Yeah, so, um, you know, I think just being in church culture and being in Christian culture for such a long time, it's easy to misunderstand um, who God really is. And it's easy to start following rules, which in all honesty, from what we've learned from this book is another way of denying the true love of Christ. Um, So I just wanted to share a few of the quotes that came out of this book that really have rocked my world. Tell them what the book is called and who's the author. Yeah, the book is called He Loves Me by Wayne Jacobson. Mm -hmm. And, um, And there were a few key things that really meant a lot to me, just reading back through it and kind of getting a new understanding of what grace is and um, also what God's love is so here's a few of those things Um, life in Christ is more about following a person than following the rules and so many times I think that gets lost in our in our culture at church Um, feel free to interject if you have any yeah so life in Christ uh, is so much more than following the rules I what this brings to mind is not just, I mean, I, I think we as human nature, we tend to, when we, whether we know Christ or whether we don't, we, we tend to, to put all of this unnecessary weight and baggage and rules on things. It's kind of our, our human nature. And you came out of the church. You grew up in the church. I didn't grow up in the church, but I had just as many things that I was beholden to and rules that I put on myself, rules that I learned. I think we learn rules growing up. 
and they're unspoken rules most of the time. And we, we tend to just kind of live by them and they, they get formed in us early in childhood and they come out when we're adults. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, in the Bible, even Jesus didn't follow the rules. He, um, you know, they had the, the, the commandments and he was supposed to keep the Sabbath day holy. And, um, you know, he was questioned a lot for healing on the Sabbath and things like that. So I guess the really heart of God is love um, above law. And so, honestly, Jesus came to prove that to us. And the law was meant to really just show us that we can't live up to that. And we can't be perfect, basically. And what a relief that we can't be perfect. And what a relief that he still wants relationship with us. Mm-hmm. So much so that he would send his son to die for us. So, um, here's another interesting quote. Our intellect and emotions have been so long manipulated by guilt and our desire to appease God that we think we've failed and that it's easier to believe the lies of guilt than his words of affection. And I think even the church is guilty of this, you know, needing... Um, volunteers for serving for things and, you know, putting on the pressure that if you're in our church, you need to be serving. We've been in churches like that before. Yep. And pretty soon you're serving so much that you're giving up family time. You're giving up even quiet time with God that we all need. You're, it's got to come from somewhere, that time that you're serving. And not to say that serving's a bad thing or that asking for help is a bad thing, but there has to be a healthy balance and it has to be what you're called to truly do, not something that you're doing out of guilt. And it comes out of a relationship with God. It comes out of a true love, loving relationship with God that we that we are motivated. Yeah, not trying to prove yourself. Exactly. Or give yourself more worth in any way. Exactly. Not try to add any more worth or or add anything like, oh, I'm just going to do this and and uh, I'm going to do this because this is expected of me or this is going to get me in good graces with God or anything. That's all just lies. Yeah, well, and you know, ironically, the Bible says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Um, and so some people, you know, would argue against this with that. But here's the thing. Um, and this is what he says in the book. The keeping is not proof of the loving. It's a natural result of the loving. Meaning, you know, he wasn't like pounding on our heads. Like, if you love me, you will keep my commands. It was more like, if you love him, it'll naturally happen that you'll keep his commands. It grows out of your love for him. Right. It's not something he's demanding or pounding over your head. And should we be thinking... Oh gosh, I'm not keeping his commands. Am, am I not loving him? Am I? Because that—that's another thing. People can start going down the road of a guilt. Again. A guilt again. I mean, you can just put all this stuff on yourself. Like, oh, I just failed again. I just just failed again. I guess I'm, I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm just not worthy. Yeah. All these other, all these things that we tell ourselves as yeah. Christians that make it so much more complicated than it really is. Mm-hmm. Well, and the good news is, um, this is also from what he said, grace is love outside the lines. So that was a quote from Mike Iaconelli in Dangerous Wonder that he quoted, actually. And that is good news for all of us because that means grace doesn't follow any rules. 
the part in the book that Wayne Jacobson talks about, and he loves me. By the way, this is a great book. I highly recommend it. It's available on Audible. He loves me is what it's called, and it's kind of focusing on this whole concept of um, are we living above or below God's favor line? We we kind of go through this this these phases in our lives of you know like like the old when we were little we'd be picking the flowers and each petal was he loves me and then he loves me not he loves me he loves me not and the whole idea of the book is he always loves us there's no favor line you know there's no he's outside the lines I I love that you know we don't have we we spend our lives you know thinking we have to live above or below this this Imaginary. imaginary line and our performance determines whether we're on the favor line above it or below it. And that's, that's what he's trying to just totally blow up is this concept is, is not even true. Well, and then probably my favorite thing that he said was, I've been trying to keep, I've been trying to earn points with someone who's no longer keeping score. You like that, don't you? Because you don't like to keep score. You don't like to compete. <laughs> and I like to play. I like to play games and compete. You like to be everyone. That's why we don't want to play you anymore. <laughs> um, that's true. I tend to have. I made the kids cry numerous times because I've won games that I probably should have let them win. Yeah. What a good father I've been. <laughs> well, and um, you know, I love just the thought of that. That. It's, he's not keeping score. There's nothing we can do to earn our place higher above that imaginary favor line. There's nothing we can do to earn a lower place, you know, as far as where that favor line is. We're just automatically in the favor. Mm-hmm. And we can rest in that. That's what Christ did for us. Yeah. He, he, he put us always in his favor. Um, so it makes me think of the, what was the movie, um, Oh, what was the movie that just came out? The Hunger Games, where the the line is, may the odds be ever in your favor. And the odds are always in our favor. There aren't even, aren't even odds. It's, it's a definitive win, secure win that never changes. And I think sometimes we can get confused because our life circumstances may go horribly wrong or even tragic or... You know, we go through really, really hard times. And in those times, we have a tendency to fear that we're not his favorite anymore. You know, we're not in his favor anymore. And I've felt that personally. I've felt that before. But I think just coming through one of those times, honestly, um, just trying to see it again as a way that he's shaping me and calling me closer to himself and God. He works in all ways. He works through the good times. He works through the bad times. And all of it is grace. Amen. So living in his grace, this was good too. Living in his grace leads to freedom from sin. But if you're living in his judgment, it leads to even greater sin. Because you never feel like you're going to measure up and you give up. And righteousness doesn't produce relationship. But relationship produces righteousness. And, you know, a lot of what um, what I loved was about the choice of living loved. So the fact of the matter is you are loved. And then, you know, 
you have a choice to believe that or not believe that. And there's really two ways um, that we can hide from that truth. And one is rebellion, which all of us know all the time. You know, you can look at someone in rebellion that's defiant or giving into desires that are ungodly um, or addictions, things like that. Those are easy to spot that they are hiding from God's love, and that's rebellion. But another one that rocked my world, because I think this is the one that I've struggled with, um, is religion. So that's good works, obligation, keeping score, all that kind of a thing. I think that's something that I have kind of struggled to always try to strive for. Keep this religious thing, you know, um, hit those marks and do the right things. But I've tried so hard, and that is also a way to hide from God. And I didn't know that before reading this book. So it can look completely righteous, but in all honesty, it's still hiding from God's love because it's not relationship. And that's what's different. So you can either be rebelling or you can be religious, but both of them deny um, God's true love, which rocks my world. And then he didn't want to use his magnificence to dwarf us, but to elevate us into a friendship with an incredible father and I think that pretty much sums it all up um, he could have used that magnificence any way he wanted to but instead of making us feel insecure or inferior he's invited us into his story and allowed us to be elevated into friendship with the father that's so good Chrissy um, and that's really the, the essence of living a fearless life is understanding that nothing is going to take away our position with God. Nothing takes away our existence as his favorite child, his favorite children. And we are heirs to a very uh, wealthy and abundant family in Christ. And that's the thing that's the hardest to comprehend, but but let's not waste our time trying to comprehend it and just live in what is. And that's, um, you know, one thing that we learned when we were at, in our marriage retreat, which maybe we'll talk more about a little bit, is that we have three parts to ourselves. We have spirit, we have a soul, we have a body. Our spirit is saved. In Christ, we are saved. Our spirit our soul is where our will, our emotions, and our feelings um, live. And that is where, uh, that is being sanctified. That is in the process of being saved. And that's kind of where we, where we resonate today as Christians. Um, and, uh, and so there's, there's great grace in that part of, of our lives. And then our body will be saved when we get to heaven. We'll, we're going to receive a new body. So there's a tremendous amount of, of, uh, of grace of just being understanding that we don't have to perform. We don't have to be perfect. We are always going to be in his favor. Um, and that's kind of what I'm taking away from this book. He loves me more than anything else. Great stories in there. The way he talks is very plain and direct um, and well put. There's some really wonderful analogies in there. Yeah. 
And you know, really, it makes me think about just, we've got this dynamic going on in my family. We've got, you know, three girls. I was the oldest of the three girls, and then my brother's the baby. So we've got three son-in-laws, and there's this constant, you know, back and forth about who the favorite is. And we're always trying to get my dad to say it. I think you even recorded him saying it, and then you deleted it accidentally. I know. I can't believe I deleted it. I finally had him saying Eric, you're my favorite. And On two separate recordings. One was Eric, and then one was you're my favorite. That's right. I put, him, I put both of them together <laughs> to make it sound like he actually said, Eric, you're my favorite. Yeah. And uh, you had it, but it got erased. I know, and so now I'm back to square one. It's like it's, it's, it's always going to be this sort of guessing game as far as whether I'm going to be my father-in-law's favorite son-in-law. Right. But the really cool thing is, and, and we laugh about that all the time, and it's hilarious, and I almost sent him a mug for Father's Day that said, um, what did it say? You, you know that I'm your favorite. It said something like, it's funny how we always joke around who's the favorite, but I know it's me. Right. Kind of a thing. But anyways, um, but that's, you know, that's different. It's really different with God. He's got so many kids, but... I mean, maybe it's similar. Maybe it's the same. Maybe we're all his favorite because my dad will never say who's his favorite. So maybe you are all his favorite. Yeah. But again, it doesn't depend on how we feel about ourselves because there's times when I might, you know, jokingly, but maybe deep down feel like I'm his favorite. But there's also times when I don't feel like I'm his favorite. But do I allow, you know in a lighthearted way, do I allow those feelings to rule me and to rule, uh, how, how I walk around and how I walk, how I approach him, how I deal with him. Um, because if, if I'm dealing with my father-in-law and doing things just so that I can become his favorite, then what kind of a love loving relationship is that really? It's fake. You know, and, and, and you're earning, you're trying to earn trying to earn something and and you're going to I'm going to have resentment against my father-in-law if that's really the way it was going to work you know if I was if that was sort of this codependent relationship that we had then I would eventually build up so much resentment against him that I wouldn't even want to have a relationship with him and so tying that back to our relationship with God if that's the way because that's what what most of us are trying to do. We're trying to earn his favor, uh, God's favor. But the, the, the what he keeps saying is, no, you already have my favor. Rest in that. And 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 then I won't have any resentment against him. And, and our relationship will be pure based on he loved me first. And I can I can just rest in that and I can approach him more often. And I, I will do things because I love him, not because I feel obligated to him or to the people around me. And not also because you're trying to earn points to look good for yourself. Exactly. Exactly. I'm, in, that way, in that sense, I'm tired of keeping score because that can be a very tiring game um, where really ultimately you always lose. Yeah. The odds are never in your favor right. playing that game. So anyway some good thoughts today hopefully it resonates with you guys uh well we're gonna why don't we finish this up out here in the middle of wyoming enjoying the beautiful scenery it looks like ireland out here because it's just so green and lush um 
We'll be back again with another episode of Courage Cast. Guys, talk about this episode in the courageous community. Look forward to hearing what you guys have to say and, and what your response is. Toodaloo. Bye.